Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know the drill by now. It's the Two Filthy Punts podcast. I'm Anthony Heppel, and with me, as always, in front, right. they named the monument after him, the iPhone Tower. It's the boy, Alex Fenn. How you doing, Alex? Forever and never changing. I'm learning a bit of French. Bonjour. Je m'appelle Eiffel Tower. Look at that. <laughs> I heard they were taking pictures of you. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be, yet. obviously, the big famous guy that I wanted to be. But yeah, I was stood in front of this little monument. And there are a lot of people taking photos, standing around, lots of smiles. A few people a bit emotional and that. But I understand, obviously, I've been an amazing few time a big celebrity and obviously still overseas. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the podcast is international now. We've got um, subscribers in the U- all over the US, Belgium, France. We're... Uh, international yeah it's great um anyway anyway everyone listening at home don't forget to uh, follow us on twitter instagram we're now on tiktok don't forget to subscribe like dm us tell us what we're doing well tell us what we're not uh don't forget to follow us on twitter we've been tipping some big winners on twitter with some late plays this week four to one horse eight to one uh, uh ten to one each way one came in last night some nfl tips so yeah follow us on twitter if you want the up-to-date tips right you ready fed let's get into it Let's go. Okay. Joyce Parker, from now on, just listen to me on the boxing tips. Yeah? Yeah. Joyce, beautiful knockout, though. What you thought, what you, What's your uh, take on the fight? Yeah. I, that was your fast. You didn't go exactly how I wanted to pump. To be fair, I think Joe Joyce showed a lot more uh, in this fight. I think the challenge was definitely... Um, a lot more appealing to him. I do think Joseph Parker, he does need some time off, like Tyson Fury said. I think he looked so good in the second Chisora fight. And I thought, you know what? If he has that sort of performance again, he'll probably beat Joe Joyce, like I said, in points. Um, but I think Joe Joyce has proved he, he is. He, he will probably be the next sort of gatekeeper to the top three, if you know what I mean. He's going to be the guy that if you can beat Joe Joyce, then you'll probably get to fight AJ Wilder, Fury, Music, unless they retire. So, Joe Joyce. Good win. Be good to see who fights next. I'd love to see him fight Anson Joshua. I think that'd be really good fight, don't you? Yeah, that, I mean, that's the fight. I think Joyce Joshua is a real, real big spinner. I think uh, you sick Joyce, he'll just be, he'll just dance around him the whole time, won't he? And just like win it on points. It'd be quite a dull fight. Um, jo- tell you what else, Joyce Wilder. I'd like Joyce Wilder. Oh my God. Could you imagine Joe Joyce's head? He, I mean, he's never been hurt. He's never looked like he's even had a bruise or a scratch. So I'd love to know what the whole thing You know, You know, if you remember in The Simpsons when Homer Simpson becomes a boxer and everyone just punches him and he just pushes him over, that would be like the, the last scene with Joe Joyce versus Deontay Wilder. Like, Deontay Wilder's not going to get tired. He's just going to keep punching him in the face till he knocks him out. <laughs> I can tell you this for free. Deontay Wilder's going to land so many big hands. I think that would be like an amazing matchup to see. Um, and, and then you could even look at Joe Joyce versus someone like Andy Ruiz. You know, Andy Ruiz yeah. got that step pace, that speed. He wants another um, title fight. I don't want to see Fury Joyce because I do think Fury would absolutely outbox him. But I think Joe Joyce versus AJ Wilder or Ruiz, I think, are really good fights to make. Yeah, no, I'm I'm completely with you. Um, other boxing news, AJ Fury, it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. And then as of tonight, Fury wants to fight two people in one night. Um, what's going, what, what do you think to it all? We said it on the first podcast. I said that, you know, this deal was far from ever happening or being anywhere near close. It was a verbal agreement, nothing more than that. Eddie Aaron, the zone. Eddie Aaron's got anti dress on a five-fight deal, right? He cannot blow his first pay-per-view on the Tyson Fury fight and goal in. I do think the fight happens next summer at Wembley. 
But I think AJ needs another pr- pr- prolific win. I think if he beats someone like um, Dillian White on a rematch, that'd be really good. I'd even watch AJ versus Ruiz free again, if I'm honest. I think that would be a really good fight. Um, always mentioned Joe Joyce. So I think if you get AJ another fight, Tyson Fury does need to fight someone with it, you know, in the top 10 sort of ranking. I'm not too sure what he's going to come out with. But if Tyson Fury ends his fight in December, which is going to be the 63,000, he then fights Usyk in the Easter and then AJ in the summer. I think he can go on his horse and retire. And I think if AJ fights Dillian White, you know, around that Easter mark and he wins, and then I think, yeah, it tees up even nicer at Wembley in the summer for Fury AJ. And I think everyone knows that. That's the best business. We've said it on the podcast before. 110,000 at Wembley, Fury AJ. Nothing beats it. You know, and I'm all for AJ not signing the contract because if he doesn't sign the contract and it's not on the 3rd of December, my marriage is saved. So AJ, do it for my marriage. Don't sign the contract. Be the pussy that Fury's calling you. Just don't sign it. Yeah. Right, other boxing news, uh, Eubank Jr. versus Conor Ben is next weekend. Uh, Chris Eubank Jr. is eating everything in sight. What do you reckon? Well, Aaron, good. I've seen his recent Instagram post and he looks in shape. I think this is, I think Eubank is drastically sort of, sort of underestimating. I do think it's underestimating Eubank, but I, uh, sorry, Ben, but I also do think this is perfect mind games for Eubank. I think these guys have been training hard. He's making the way he knows he is. And all this is just stunts to get into his head to make it look like an easy fight. Because now, if Chris Eubank does win, he's going to say he's been at 60%, he's going to eat crap and all this lot. And let's say he wins like closely, like it's a close win, or even Ben wins in the close. Eubank rematch could just say, yeah, well, this time I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to train harder. And the rematch is on. I think, that, you know, Eubank doing what he's doing, I think falls to him kindly. I think it makes him much more appealing. And I think it works his paper massively, unless, of course, he gets knocked out. So I do think it's good tactics from Eubank. All right, early shout, who are you backing? Chris Eubank. Chris Eubank. Okay, you heard it here first, everyone. Everyone lump on Connor Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still saying Ben. I'm still saying Ben. I think, I think he's got the fire in his belly for it. Yeah, I, he's got the punching power, but he's going up two weights. He's not fought a top 10 ranked opponent before. Because Bank is a top 10 ranked opponent, and he's a top 10 ranked opponent two weights above. So yeah. Yeah, if Conor Ben still deal, we'll know. And if Eubank beats him, I mean, there's nothing for Conor Ben. It's a win-win situation. As long as he doesn't get like, stopped or knocked out early, if it goes his distance and shows that he could, you know, hang with the big boys in a different weight category, that's great. If he wins, obviously, his profile rockets. Um, if Eubank loses, he really got retired because he's not going to get that Golovkin fight. But if Chris Eubank beats Conor Ben, he's going to get a bit of popularity. The British public behind him, especially if he wins convincingly. And then the British people are going to back him against Golovkin. And, you know, yeah. Chris Eubank, Golovkin's a quality fight to make um, yeah. for entertainment value. I'm not saying it's one that is winnable, but I think it's a really good fight to make. And Golovkin at 40 as well is not the animal he used to be, is he? No, and Chris Eubank's still got that energy. He's still the, one of the most athletic boxers in terms of what he's put out in the, in the gas tank. And I think with Golovkin, has he still got the power? Probably. You know, Eubank's definitely not going to stop him with Canelo. So I think it's going to be a very close fight to him. Yeah. 
Uh, right. So I think we've done boxing. We're going to break down Conor Ben, Chris Eubank Jr. a bit more next week because that's the build up to the fight and we'll know more about the weights and things like that. Uh, football has happened this week. Not football as we know and love. It's been the Nation League. So we'll do our weekly segment. Ben, did Haaland score? Yes. Thanks, Tom. Boring. Um, okay, so England, so I don't know, I, I mean, I didn't watch, I think I watched 10 minutes in the Nations League. So England got relegated from the Nations League. Do you think they'll do all right in the Championship? Do they get parachute payments? I, oh, I don't know if we're going to go any further in this England conversation, but I am absolutely disturbed by what I'm seeing and the team that is being picked. I, honestly, to God, how the hell, and I was speaking as, as many people of the public here, but how the hell did McGuire and Luke Shaw even be selected and get into the squad? Now, I know it was a better performance against Germany. I understand that. Like, it is what it is. But this England team is absolutely horrific in terms of the people being selected by what's deemed as Southgate's form. I have no idea why this man is still in charge. Um, I'm dreading the World Cup. Yep. I am too. And do you know, do you know what's making it worse? And I don't know if it's sad or makes it worse. Didn't Scotland win or get promoted or I don't even know how this nation league stuff works but now they're in a higher league than us and they're, they're celebrating singing songs I think that's more tragic the fact that we don't care and they think it's important well they only beat a Ukrainian side that had four men because of the Russians uh, very true very true I'll tell you what I did take away from the England-Germany game I only watched the last 15 minutes I saw Nick Pope's mistake um, obviously what I can say is I think I think Nick Pope is a Newcastle through and through lad now because he made such a mistake to make sure that game was a draw. He loves draw Castle that much. Yeah, obviously we've got Fulham away this weekend. I would. Uh... <laughs> Are we back in the draw? Draw bets in the football. I know I'll be going for, but no, here was a howl of I played for the guy. The guy. That's another draw. Use a correct statement that you've just made. That's a, a good spot there, Anthony. That's fantastic. Is it is I think I think back the draw for Fulham Newcastle this weekend. Lump on, put your mortgage on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So seeing as football's been to crap for last uh, last week and a bit, we're gonna uh, we 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 spoke didn't we the other day we said we're gonna do our top three England moments as a supporter. Um I'm gonna hand it over to you to take the take the lead on this one. What's your top three England moments? You go one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Do you wanna do our third one? Do you wanna do your third? Yeah, my third one, and it's a bit of a special one, because, again, I wasn't blessed with seeing a good England side before. I had the gold generation that ruined everyone's lives. But do you remember Joe Cole, Screamer, that vote? Uh, yeah, took yeah, it on the bottom. Was, was it against Sweden? Sweden, absolutely. And that, to me, was one of the best goals I've ever seen in international football. The way he tested it and just turned on that volley. Oh, it was fantastic. And I just remember as a kid thinking, do you know what? This Joe Cole, he is a bit of a baller. And what a fantastic moment. Quality. Okay. It's a great idea. Never expect you to kill that with that one, looking at your age and generational. Okay. So my third one is when we're in the 2020 Euro final against Italy. Well, 2021 after COVID. When that Luke Shaw goal went in, how many of us believed it was actually finally coming home? Like, we actually believed at that moment when he scored that volley, it was there. It was ours for the taking. Obviously, it all went down after that. But for those five minutes after that, that was pure relation. And I think, yeah, that's my that's my number three. Right. Number two is me. Yep. I'm very tough. I'm going to go the trippier free kick in the semi-final at the break-off. 
Yeah, in Russia. Yep. Beer garden galore. It was a great day, great afternoon. The weather was fantastic. And that first shipping goal, because it was the first time entering that World Cup where, you know, we had a, we had a decent ease run in. Gareth Southgate was still getting some million lads. And I think that goal was the first time, because we won the penalty shootout. Um, it was either the quarters or the game before. So I think we beat uh, Denmark in the quarters and we beat Colombia in the penalty shootout. So it started to become a little bit more surreal. And you just thought when Trippier scored that goal against Croatia, is this really going to happen? And I think that was more surprising than the Luke Shaw goal that you just yep. mentioned because the Luke Shaw one, you're like, come on, it's coming. We're expecting this. But the Trippier one was, can we? <laughs> yeah, and I remember when that went in, we were messaging and we were both looking on the Skyscanner for flights to Russia. So we, we peaked too soon there. And that how what divorce <laughs> mistake would that have led you to? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work out I could get back to work for Monday after a Sunday final in Russia. It was going via Qatar, which is ironic because that's where the World Cup is now. <laughs> okay, my um my number two. Uh, you might be a bit too young for this one, but Stuart Pearce's penalty against Spain in Euro '96 quarterfinals, when it was the redemption from World Cup Italia '90, the passion the man showed. Everyone was willing that goal in because of what happened in Italia '90, and Pearce was my captain, a Forest legend, and England captain, and. I'll never forget that moment. Euro 96, that penalty. Wow. Number one. Okay. So, do you remember the time Gareth Southgate went into extra time and brought Sancho and Marsh? Oh, wait, wait, wait. This is for the best one. Sorry. Do you remember the Lioness? No, no, we're not doing women. Okay. Let's just get this now. The number one best moment of that I can recall as an England fan. And I think it's, it wasn't at a major tournament. But it was to get us there. And it was just with the pressure and the whole nation on his shoulders and what he did and the way he scored it. I'm going David Beckham's free kick against Greece. It was oh. an absolute beauty. That guy, and I do believe after that goal, turned him at that age into a legend. It'd get him to legend status. He was a national hero. Um, he was already obviously top quality, uh, world-class player at the time. But I think this goal was the one that really broke him through the ranks of being the elite of the elite. And I never thought Beckham was an elite player or anything like that. But in terms of status and value, this made him the MVP um, footballer that England has ever had. And I think, I think with the big thing with that one, he went from zero to hero as well because he was hated, wasn't he, after the red card in that yeah. previous tournament. And then he scored that world in the last minute against Greece at Old Trafford. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Argentina he got sent off against, wasn't it? Uh, Diego Simeone. Right. My top one, controversial, but, and you've just brushed upon it. How many people in this country can say they've been to see England at Wembley lift an international trophy? 86,000. That's the only amount of people that can say it. And I was actually there when England won the Euros. They it. <laughs> Women's final, when Ella Toon got played through by Kira Walsh, I thought she'd skied it. I thought she skied it. When it went in the net, the place erupted. Yeah, you're going to say it's not men's football, it's not the same atmosphere, but still, we won a competition at Wembley, international, <laughs> against the old enemy, Germany, and I was there. So it has to be my top one because there's nothing better than live football. Do you actually think women's football is a competitive sport? 
<laughs> Look, this is a family podcast. We are not going down that route. <laughs> hey, no, I, 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 give give the law credit to Women's Fight. I've been going down to see Peterborough ladies play as well with the kids. It's growing. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's definitely a different culture and a different setup and a different environment. But and it's not as tribal. But it is getting there. And I think I, to witness um, a final where England won. I don't think many people will ever say that in their lifetime. So I'm calling it number one. I'm gobsmacked because my opinion is not a competitive sport. But Anthony, I appreciate what you're saying. And if you're supporting Peterborough ladies, it's a little bit like grassroots football is what it is. But I'll uh, I'll keep my opinion to myself with tonight's show, especially as it. It's a family show. Equal opportunities. We appeal to all demographics. And the best England moment. Can't deny it because unless you were there in your in World Cup '66, is when we beat it uh, when we beat Germany in the Euros. So I, you can't deny it. I'm right. We'll probably put. I tell you what. We'll put a we'll put a poll out on social media, and you'll find out that I have more knowledge about football than you across both genders. Right. Uh-huh. Let's move on. Uh-huh. Let's move on. There's only me and you on this podcast. We're gonna have to get a woman soon. <laughs> right um quickly i'm gonna ask your thoughts it's el sakiko on monday um brendan rogers versus steve cooper forest versus leicester who's getting sacked cooper <laughs> okay okay well if you're asking me to bet on that game i'm going over three and a half goals and i don't want to talk about it because it's going to go all wrong and i know it's right should we move on to nfl yeah, I saw and I know, obviously, you've had a quite successful weekend again on the American football. So what have you got for us, Anthony? Well, I want to start off by talking about the greatest catch I think I've ever seen. Did you see George Pickens' catch for the Steelers? Did you see it? I did. Once you showed it to me, it was one of the best catches that I've ever seen. I, I, the Odell, uh, Odell Beckham one is obviously one of the famous ones, but that catch, how? I don't know. I don't know. And obviously I'm a Steelers fan, so I was going absolutely nuts. But everyone listening, just go on YouTube, George Pickens for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just watch the catch. Watch it a million times. Watch it in every angle. I don't know how we call it. Anyway, that's not what you asked me. That's not what you asked me. Okay, so we've got... um... What's that? (laughs) Make us some money. (laughs) Right, so um, it's NFL London this weekend. NFL London, Vikings versus the New Orleans Saints. Vikings are back in business. They came back strong against the Lions. I always knew they were going to come back. The Lions won a game for the first time ever. So they were always on good form. But the Vikings came back and they did it differently last week. They ran the ball more, which is unlike um, unlike Cousins and Jefferson. So they were running the ball more. Um, but their uh, running back, Delvin Cook, is now injured. He had 17 carries during the last game, but he's now injured. And he would have been my absolute banker for the weekend to get a touchdown. But Alexander Madison is stepped in and did all right towards the end of the game. The Saints have one of the worst defensive rushing uh, rushing stats in the whole league. They cannot handle the ball being run. So everyone just lump on Alexander Madison to score an anytime touchdown and be over on the carries in the NFL London game for the Vikings. I can't emphasize that enough. There will be rushing touchdowns in this game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go all out and offer free T-shirts because we would have never financially recovered if Joseph Parker won because Ben promised that many. But lump on Alexander Madison anytime touchdown. Okay, I'm going to put it out there. If there's a bet out there, is there another bet you've got where we would give someone a nice Ben's T-shirt? Um, all right, let's look at the Packers Patriots. Uh, 
Patriots are woeful at best. But if you watch, right, let me talk about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a legend, but he works off confidence. What you'll see with Rodgers is when he's passing the ball and someone's catching it, he'll pass it all game to him. Last game, he was targeting Romeo Dubs, and I think he hit him eight or nine times, which Rodgers normally spreads out. But once he's hitting someone that many times, that means next week he's got the confidence in him. You'll see when he does it, he'll back it up the next week. So a Romeo Dubs receiving touchdown for the Green Bay Packers looks a strong bet. He'll also be overs on receptions. And I think the overs, when they actually do the player props, because they don't do it till tonight, will be about over four or five receptions for Romeo Dubs. Back that as well. Go for both. And if you're looking for a spread bet, it's minus 10 and a half for Green Bay Packers. I see them destroying the Patriots this weekend. So those are the two games that I'm basically lumping on. The NFL London for the Vikings and then the Green Bay Packers. Just look at Romeo Dubs. Okay, so the Packers bet, obviously, we'll add them to the reel as well. Uh, and we'll tag at OnlyFans, anyone who backs it, and, then, and it wins. And then send us a, uh, at OnlyFans, we'll give you a free t-shirt. Okay, Romeo Dubs for the dub for a t-shirt. That's what we're talking. <laughs> um, have you seen the halftime show? Uh, no. Right, so last year, last year, let's talk last year. Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Tupac, like, probably the best halftime show ever. No, no, no. I know what you're going to say. No, I already know. No, I dig it. I dig it. You don't, know, Peter. I dig what? it. Rihanna? Yeah, come on. Last year was Tupac and... No, not Tupac. <laughs> My God. How did Tupac come back? <laughs> but last year was Snoop, was Dre, was Eminem. It was unreal. <laughs> Rihanna? Come on. <laughs> oh, I'll, 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 I'll wait to see it. You know what I do think, and I was really done at the halftime show. It bothered me, and I think that's next week. We'll talk about our three best halftime show. Good shout, good shout. I was absolutely devastated. There was no, not enough bands, obviously due to the pandemic and the COVID restriction, because the weekend pulled out absolute blinder. Are you kidding me? It got lost. It got lost in that mirror's room. He didn't even know where it was. No, right, me and you are going to fall out for this. The next week, honestly, we're going to do the three best. And if this, <laughs> I hope we agree on at least one because me and you have got such different tastes because it, I can't believe what you're saying. Here's what it is. The weekend was bad. I mean, the best, the best is still, I'm already shouting my number one. Dre, Snoop, Eminem. Tupac wasn't there. To confirm it to everyone, Tupac was not there. <laughs> I'm not going into this now. I'm saying this for next week. Right, we'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. Yeah, okay. Um, any, uh, just going to wrap up uh, NFL. Obviously, Eagles, very good. Very good. I think they're a Super Bowl candidate. Not, uh, I'm not locking it down yet, but I think they're a good shout for a Super Bowl. Right. Okay, I think we've done the NFL. Um, Fen, should we move on to the best part of the week? Everyone waits for every week. Let's talk. What did Fen do this week? Well, I'm going to be dead serious. I fucked up. I fucked up. Oh, bad. And I'm, I bet everything. I'm just fucking. <laughs> I think I'm going to take one for the team. What did Fen do this week? Fen let everyone down by telling them to bet on Josie Faster. The amount of people that have messaged me saying, what have done? I've got no free only Fen's team shirts. You guaranteed us this was going to win. I can't promise you everything. I'm really sorry. I just want to apologise to all my family and friends out there. But I will come back. I will be strong. Christian Bank Junior will 
discussion a couple of weeks, but I promise you'll win. But I just, yeah, only fan ruins everything by betting Joseph Park. Brilliant. Brilliant. I was delighted for the main reason, main reason that it didn't financially cripple us giving away free t-shirts. So that was a bonus. Right. Should we go, should we do our big shout outs worth performance? What's your big shout out and worst performance of this week? My worst performance is a bad one, but it isn't. But I am going to go with Gareth Southgate and picking his starting 11. He's absolutely, I just, there is no theory behind it. And I know they had a better performance against Germany, but here in the last week, it, He's been absolutely dreadful. How is Harry Maguire playing for England? Like, seriously, there must be the whole of, I know everyone at this station believes it, but Harry Maguire should not be playing. He shouldn't be in the squad. So my worst one is going to be Southgate. What are you going for your worst? My worst one this week, it's just the Nations League. Nobody cares. Just, just, just ditch it. Nobody cares, apart from Scottish people, because they've finally won a promotion to a league that nobody cares about, which is pretty much their football anyway. Oh my God, we're going we're gonna to get so many pelters this week. You've offended everyone in women's football and I've, I've offended a whole nation. But anyway, nobody cares apart from those people north of the border about the Nations League. Just ditch it. It's the worst performance of the first performance of the week. Nobody cares. Right. Hit me with your best. Yeah. So what's your, uh, what's your best performance of the week? You highlighted it and you discussed it earlier in the show but the Steelers catch was one of the most like remarkable things I've ever seen in sports let alone just the NFL it was an absolutely fantastic catch and we will we'll share uh, you know a clip where you can watch the watch the catch on our page um, highly recommend you do so because absolutely fantastic Anthony yours well you've kind of stolen my thunder I was going to say the George Pickens catch for the Steelers but Actually, I've, I've come to a realisation that I am the most knowledgeable uh, sports podcaster in the world, or definitely in this podcast, because actually my top three for England is still the best, I think. I think I've got the best performance by picking women's Euros finals, the top, uh, top three uh, England moments. So, me. I'm absolutely outraged. <laughs> and uh, George Pickens, George Pickens catch all day long. Get on YouTube. We'll put it on. We'll put it on our social media channels. Absolutely unreal. Best catch you'll ever see. Right. Two filthy punts. Two filthy punts. Two filthy punts. That is us. Right. We are the two filthy punts. So it's time to give you two filthy punts. Fen, what's your filthy punt for the week? No, yeah. <laughs> I would love to say Newcastle Fulham draw, but I'm going to stick away. I don't really want to go to the football this weekend, but I do like the Derby games. Arsenal Spurs got to be over 2.5 in it yeah i think it's a good shout but i also think that draw castle's a good shout as well <laughs> okay. and what i would do is a bet builder um for those and um, we'll show you how to do that if not but i would go for the over 2.5 goals over 30 points bookings so that's obviously three or more yellow cards and over 7.5 corners we'll keep it low so you know that needs to be goals a few corners and cards in the gate I do look at Arsenal and Spurs, and both of them are playing quite well. Slightly attractive football. I know Spurs had a bad defeat last time in the Champions League. Um, and Arsenal, you know, they have looked very good this season. But I believe both teams are capable of scoring, and I do think a team will win. I'm not saying who, but I'm going for, yeah, over 2.5, 30 booking points, and over 7.5 corners. So, eight or more. 
Cool. Nice request to bet. And um, I've already given you my shout-out for the week. Alexander Matson, anytime touchdown scorer for the Minnesota Vikings at NFL London. It's on telly. Enjoy it. Get yourself involved in NFL. It's not here for long. It's only around till February, and then we have to wait forever for it to start again. So enjoy. It's one of the best sports on TV. Right. I think that's it for this week. We've been two filthy punts. Any closing remarks from you, Alex Ben? No, I just don't want to be fined by the FA for making any woman remark. So we will be hiring a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to be fined by Scotland. So we will be hiring a Scottish woman. <laughs> right. We've been the two filthy phones. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week. Goodbye. See you later. Thanks.